Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Couch Shows Pantheon. As always, I am your host, Danielle. Um, except in this case, Elia will be directing the episode, but got a little bit of the Euros, that which are starting this week. On all right, so for, for so uh, for, just quite a little correction. The first the game is between Italy and Turkey on Saturday. Um, anyway, um, it's Friday. The first day is actually yeah, whatever. You you get it. Um, all right, so Group A, we have Turkey, Italy, Switzerland, Wales. Um, what is your order? Um. Italy, Turkey, Switzerland, and then Wales. All right. Um, anything to add other than your picks? Nope. Or do you have to, okay. Um, group B, uh, Belgium, Russia, Denmark, and Finland. Belgium, Russia, Denmark, and uh, Finland, right? Yep. All right. Um, group C... Uh, the Netherlands, the Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. Um, Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia in fourth, and I'm trying to remember the other. I can't remember. It's like you in third. Oh, the Netherlands. Yeah, you can. I'm not judging. I'm just whatever you want. Okay, I'm putting them in. The first, then, then followed okay, so by Russia, uh, Ukraine, and, and Austria. Yep. Or the other way around. Which one do you want? Who do you think is going to get second? Uh, Russia. I mean, sorry, Ukraine or Austria? Oh, Austria. Okay, so you have Austria second, uh, Ukraine third. All right, um, Group D. Um, this one's a pretty snooze fest. Um, England, Croatia, Czech Republic, Scotland. Uh, Czech Republic in third, England first, and who was it in second? Croatia. Croatia. In second. Yeah, so I have Croatia in second. Okay. Um, all right. Now the, the two difficult ones. So for these, I think the rest pretty much um, the rest of them are kind of self-explanatory. Group A, I suppose Switzerland could push either Italy or Turkey out of the of the top two, but I think for more or less the rest of the groups um, are pretty much simple or, or pretty self-explanatory. Um, so for the next for Group E and F, I just want you to talk me through your your thinking on, on this. Um, so in Group E, you have Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. Spain, Sweden, Slovakia. I'm just writing these down so I don't forget. Poland. Okay, I'm Poland. In first place, I have Spain. Obviously, Spain has had success in this tournament before. Um, so they have the components there that could definitely get make help them make a push in this tournament. Um, Sweden also has some... Uh, history in this tournament as well. So I will have them in second. Poland, I think they're going to be a dark horse, a possible dark horse in this tournament. So I'll put them in third and then Slovakia in fourth. All right. Now the, the granddaddy of the most difficult group in this whole competition. The, the three big boys, France, Portugal, Germany, and Hungary, who probably won't get a point in this tournament. 
Um, so talk me through. Uh, I mean, I can. I, I just. I'm just going to assume you have Hungary last. Talk me through the the three and, and give me uh, your thinking around it. Okay, I just wrote those down briefly just to remember. Um, I will have France in first in this group just because they are reigning World Cup winners and they have the definitely have the depth in there across the board. Um, I mean, you have Mbappe. Um, who else do you got? Uh, Griezmann, Conte, Pogba, Kinsley Coleman. I mean, I mean, just Benzema. Yeah, so. so you got pretty much a stacked squad right there. So, and I think they just have a little bit more younger energy than the German uh, squad. So just because I think the younger players will kind of give them that energy and help get them towards another uh, national title. Um, up next, it'll be Germany. Obviously, Germany has also had success in European uh, international tournaments before. So, I mean, they're definitely going to be p- fighting for another one. Then Portugal, I mean, for Germany and Portugal, it could go either way, in my opinion. I like but- it, though. It's bold, <laughs> so, but I like it. Because remember, Thomas, the thing about, the thing about Germany is Thomas Müller is back in the team. And so was Matt Hummels, two players who have who are amazing, had great seasons in the Bundesliga, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but they hadn't been part of this national team in, in quite a while. And now they're back, which gives them, you know, a, a big edge. And then you have the young, uh, the young buck, uh, Jamal Musiala, who I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. And then uh, another one of your favorites, Leroy Sané. Um, Kai Havertz, who we just talked about the other uh, week about the Champions League final. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a very difficult decision, but I totally, I, I like, I like the boldness of this, um, pick. Um, I will uh, import if for Portugal, um, it will, de- has you and I, and probably you, Ryan and James have all discussed over the past few weeks. It will depend on who they like centralize this team around, whether it's going to be Cristiano Ronaldo or oh gosh, or, come or, on, or or just it, it's not it's not Cristiano Ronaldo or someone else. It's Cristiano Ronaldo or play more um, combat as a team and not have a number one guy. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that makes more sense. So I think depending on probably more than likely go with focus on getting the ball to Ronaldo, which will probably cost them in the end. But if they go working more compact and working more as a team to achieve the goal, then I think they would have a better shot, but it will all depend on how the tactics, tactical side of the things when it goes to this. And obviously Hungary is going to be in fourth. Yeah, um, with on that point though, I, I only I don't think that matters until the knockout stage, because essentially all they need to do is be hungry by a good amount of goals, because you know it, it just the, the 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 team in third in this group is probably just getting three points, and it's possible that the, all of these teams have similar point totals, so it's just going to depend on that. But um, that's kind of to to look forward. All right. Um, the, so among fourth start among fourth place team or sorry among third. third place teams your options you get to pick four it's it's between um 
Switzerland, Denmark, the Ukraine, Czech Republic, Poland, and Portugal. Which four are, are, are going through for you? And obviously I'm taking Switzerland. And Portugal, right? Portugal. So now it's between Denmark, the Ukraine, Czech Republic, and Poland. I'll take Poland. And then Denmark, Ukraine, or Czech Republic? Denmark. All right. Um, so the knockout stage, we go. All right. This, your the kind of how you you um, differentiated with the last two groups makes this very a very tasty um, round for a, a few and others. You can see that that your your prediction benefits a, a, a road to potentially going deep. So the, the round of 16 first match, Belgium and Poland. Now this is interesting because you have Robert Lewandowski. The best player this season, um, the best striker in the world against a Belgium team that's sometimes kind of underachieved um, in competitions like this, at least through the golden generation. So who do you have between those two? And, and give me a reason why. So it's Belgium versus Poland? Yep. Oh. Um... Hey, by the way, there's no wrong answer because I can, in my mind, I can think of a scenario where both of these teams could go through. But it just depends. This one's actually a lot more difficult than it sounds just based on the names of the teams. I'll take Belgium, but by a very slim margin. It'll be 3-2. Um, just because Belgium have a lot of good quality players on the team, yes, um, Robert Lewandowski is on the German national squad. No, uh, I Poland. mean, Poland. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, my brain is all over the place today. Um, but, uh, you have a lot more depth in the Belgian national squad. Like, you have players such as Lukaku on that team who really works cohesively with the team and helps the team make a really good push. So, but it, I mean, you can't count out Poland. Just because you have one of the best goal scorers in the Bundesliga, um, giving it his all as well. Um, so I mean, it's going to be a close one. So, but I have Belgium just going through by a slim margin. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's one of these situations where it's it's the better team versus the best player. And you mentioned Lukaku, but remember they also have Hazard. Both of them, the, they have they have KDB, really good player. They have Courtois, the Real Madrid goalkeeper. They have good, solid stability from, from back to front. And it's, it's, it's not going to be easy for Poland. But when Lewandowski is firing on all cylinders, you just never know what's going to happen. All right, so you got Belgium going through. Italy, Austria. I will have Italy going through just based on the fact that they have a, a way better squad, in my opinion. Do you, okay, so, so on the Italy thing, um, Everybody knows I have them going on the round of 16. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically common knowledge that everybody knows this. But, but um, do you think the, the, the winless streak that they did before this tournament matters in this tournament? Or do you feel like that has no – has nothing to – well, not nothing to do, but it, it doesn't really make it a huge difference when, when the Euros start? Because I'm curious. Because a lot of people are talking about this 27-game unbeaten run since they, they missed the World Cup or whatever. I'm not sure it makes that much of a difference. I think it's just, it's good for them, but I don't think it's a massive deal. 
do you see, see this as a massive deal or or is it um does it mean does it mean something nothing or everything i i think it kind of doesn't mean anything in my opinion just because you have to look at all of this stuff has a new tournament what has happened in previous tournaments or friendlies or whatever does not account for what's going to happen in this tournament. So I think it doesn't really matter. It may matter just a little bit because you never really know. But All right, Real quick, would it matter if they'd made the last World Cup more? Do you think the reason it doesn't matter is because they didn't qualify for the previous World Cup? Or I think... Go ahead. I think it does in a way, but like I said, I'm more I'm one of those people that comes from everything is a clean slate. So this is a brand new tournament, a, a whole new year. Yeah, they probably had losses and friendlies and stuff, but who doesn't? So to me, this is just a clean slate. So to me, it really doesn't matter as long as they focus on what's like in front of them. Got you. Um, all right. This one, I don't think you'll need to say very much. I don't think this will be even close. France, Switzerland. France wins uh, 3-0, obviously. You don't have to give a score, but I think, I think France wipes the floor with Switzerland. All right. Now Sorry, this is an Switzerland. <laughs> so, interestingly, your bracket gives two teams a chance to get into the quarterfinal that probably shouldn't or that maybe don't have the talent. So this is, this, is, this is really intriguing to me. Okay, so the next r match is between Croatia and Sweden. Obviously, Zlat knows lots in Sweden, but they have Kulovesky. They have uh, Emil Forsberg from Leipzig. They have some good players. And then, obviously, Croatia still has Luka Modric uh, and Ivan Rakitic maybe on their last legs, probably their last tournament where they're at their a, a peak place. Um, so between these two, and I think this is a coin flip, well, which direction are you, are you going? I am going to go with Sweden. I think um, they have the depth and will do what it takes to counteract what Croatia throws at them. Okay, next up, another very, could be very interesting. I think one of these teams is favored over the other, but Spain, Denmark. Um, I would say Spain. All right, any particular reason or do you just think they're the better team? I just think they're the better team. All right. Now, if this happens, it's going to be awesome. Um, England versus Germany. They, the English, this, they have a rivalry with these two teams. Um, so it's going to be really interesting on that component. And remember, it's, it's Joachim Lowe's last tournament. Um, and England didn't have a particularly strong squad, uh, at least. They're, they're still very talented and all that. But you know, just not what you'd expect, at least considering their options. Between those two, um, talk me through what, what, what you're thinking, who goes through. I think Germany will go through um, just based on the fact that they're a more aggressive side and they are really known for their attacking-minded football, which could cause England problems going forward. Um, so with that being said, I'll just, I take Germany over England. All right. Netherlands and Portugal, two very, very good teams. One, I think, is more talented than the other. Um, but where are you going with this one? I'm going to take Portugal. All right. Uh, why the pause? I had to think about it for a second. What, 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 what made you go in that direction? Because I think this is a conversation between these two teams. 
I think just based uh, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, brief disclaimer, I'm getting more into like international tournaments now. So I am going to be learning. So has everything bear with me. Right, um, but, you, but you know a whole bunch of players on, on Portugal and you know some players on the Netherlands. So as far as that aspect of it, is it just because Portugal's more talented or do you, do you see – why do you think it's such a close um, sort of decision in your mind? What, I think it's just – big difference here? That's what I'm saying. I mean, Netherlands has a great team, but based on the talent that Portugal has – and the way those talents have worked, not just in international competition, but also in their respective leagues, it's they perform at a top quality level. So that's why I kind of had to take a minute to like really think, like, why would I make this reasoning? So I take Portugal. All right, two dark horses. One of them will get a ticket to the quarterfinals: Turkey or Russia. <sighs> I would say Russia just because we've seen this team in the World Cup and they are a team that made it to, I think it was the quarterfinals. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, was a home World Cup, but I get where you're going with this. And it was a, obviously at home. And so they're a team that can show they can make a push if they work hard. And th I think that's what's going to be there. As they say, the benefactor um, is just their ability not to give up, especially in tough situations. All right. The now, down to the last eight, Belgium or Italy? I'm going to take Belgium. Um, Italy has a lot of talent that, in my opinion, might be a little too, I guess, not ready yet. What? Oh, okay. I th uh, never mind. I thought you were going a different direction. Wait, is it, uh, does it come down, down to the injuries or, or something else for you? I mean, it, some of it could be injuries, um, and some of it is just that some of these younger talents are not has developed yet, whereas Belgium is a little bit more of a mature squad and will have the experience in, in that um, matchup. All right. Um I, I'm guessing this is a pretty obvious one, but France or Sweden? France, obviously. Yeah, you, don't, you don't really need to explain that one. I think that's so pretty self-explanatory. All right. Spain against Germany. I'm going to take Germany. Um, Spain, Germany is like that team that will be very aggressive throughout this tournament, and I think Spain will have a hard time catching up with that. All right. Portugal or Russia? In this case, I'm taking Portugal obvi for obvious reasons as stated before. All right. Down to the last four. Uh, Belgium and France. Uh, for this, explain why. Okay. Who, who are you taking between Belgium and France? I'm taking France. Obviously, this is the reigning World Cup champions, and they will be looking to maintain their dominance on the international stage. So I think they're going to fire on all cylinders and really give Belgium, like take the fight to Belgium and like isolate them and also continue to press on the attack. Like we've seen from them in the past. All right. Really big one here. 
rematch from a group, the group stage games, Germany or Portugal? Does Joachim Lowe get uh, uh, one more final under his belt or does Ronaldo and Portugal and those guys um, continue driving it? I think Joachim Lowe will probably look to make that final. So he, they will do whatever's needed. So I'm going to take Germany over um, Portugal. <laughs> all right. You'll understand why I'm laughing later. Um, all right. Germany or France, who wins? Who, who's who's going to be crowned champions of, the, uh, of Europe? I'm going to say France just because um, they are a team that are going to try to fight tooth and nail. And it's going to be difficult to figure out who would win this in this scenario. But I think it'll be close one regardless. All right, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this really quickly. I just have to rearrange uh, the groups that so I have um, the right ones. Um, yeah, looks good. Um, switcheroo there. Um, exactly the same. Switcheroo there. All right, and I went with Germany, um, Poland, uh, Switzerland, and uh, Denmark. All right. So round of six, or sorry, round of sixteen. Um, hold on a second. Oh, I guess it is the same. All right. I also got Belgium, Poland. I got Belgium being Poland. Turkey, the Ukraine. I think the Turks uh, make the quarterfinals. Um, France, Switzerland, France. Croatia and Sweden. I'm gonna go Croatia. I'm just gonna. I think that uh, Luka Modric will have one more really good tournament left, and I think Croatia will find a way to get through. And uh, another Croatian player that that should be mentioned is Andre Kramaric. Played for Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga this season, 20 goals. I think he's gonna be a, a really important for them as well. Um, Spain, Denmark. I'm gonna go with Spain. England, Portugal. Portugal. I got Germany over the Netherlands. I got Russia over Italy. I've explained this before. I'm not going to go into it again. Inexperienced Italy, haven't played together, way more talented. Uh, haven't really shown on a big stage that they, this team plays well together. Um, but I'll say this, for all my Italy fans are going to come after me. I do think Italy will win the World Cup, but they're just not ready yet. And I think Russia is the type of team that can, that can make things complicated for them. All right. Um, I got Germany over Russia. Um, I just think the Germans will have too much. I have Spain. No, I have Portugal over over Spain. Uh, that's a really tough one, but I think Portugal just uh, just about pull it off. Rematch of the, the last Euros, um, or sorry, rematch of the World Cup, France versus Croatia. I'm going to go with France. I, I think Croatia just doesn't have enough to deal with them. Turkey, Belgium. I go with Belgium um, over over Turkey. Um, and then I have the same finals. You have Germany, I have France, and I have France. So we have exactly the same. Um, actually, we have the exact same semifinal and final. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to go with. All right. So, that's so hilarious. I, just a hypothetical. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not an uncommon um, semifinal, but finals, that's pretty crazy. All right. Just a hypothetical. Among the teams um, that are not – that are really good – but a lot of people are not picking to win. If there's one team in this competition that doesn't win it, that you don't have winning it, but you think could potentially uh, be an underdog, and I'm not talking about, about Russia or something like that. I'm talking about like a bigger team. Among the bigger teams that are not in the final or you don't think are as highly regarded, if you could pick one team that could catch people's eyes by surprise, uh, what would it be for you? 
my dark horse would have to probably, I'm going to say it, England. Any, uh, any particular reason? Um, England is a team that is has grown over the – I mean, yes, they had success in the past, but it's been over the past few years that they've kind of like haven't been right where they are usually – um, but I think this is could be a tournament where we finally see them gel well together and really make a possible push. All right, fair enough. I'm going to say Spain. Uh, maybe not big names there, but I think they're a really good team, play well together. A good manager in Luis Enrique. Um, you know, obviously he didn't work with Rome and stuff like that, but uh, great at Barcelona, great at Vigo, and now he's been very good at Spain. I think that's one of the teams that if if there's someone else who goes and sneaks into it, I think it's them. Um, all right. Uh, who do you think will be um, – of, of all the teams, who do you think will be uh, – could be potentially the biggest uh, – a, a, a team that will – that's most likely to disappoint us? I would say – So what I mean is – you know, outside of the group, all the big teams get into their matchups. Of those big teams, which is the most likely to fall, falter? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, I think they may have, like, the ego going into this tournament. Um, maybe if things, like, having, like, injuries or the team just isn't connecting well, like we've seen from in the past, I mean... I think it could possibly be France. Wow. <laughs> All right. That's a crazy one. But uh, I will go Italy because of basically what I've always said. Um, I just don't think they're ready yet. And uh, I think uh, you're going to benefit from, from uh, an early elimination because I think it will, it will, it will kind of like uh, cut the, the ego in half. Because as much as I love my Italian guys that, that, that are Italian, that, that they want their team to do well, and I get all this. But there's a little bit too much ego attached to it. Like, they think because they made the tournament and because they have that 27-game unbeaten streak that they're, all, they're a shoo-in to the semifinal, and I disagree with that, or the quarterfinals even. I think the best, and I think this is a good thing, if Italy go out in the round of 16, it's going to be the best thing for them. It would force them to make better, more more intelligent decisions and it will it'll keep the mentality and their their ego in a in a realistic place where if they make the semifinal they're just going to think they're going to win the world cup so i think it all depends on a lot of things um all right who do you have who who will be the top scorer in the tournament i'm gonna say lukaku I will say Harry Kane. I have him going out of the round of 16, but in that weak-ass group, I think Harry Kane is going to score a whole bunch of goals. Um, uh, who do you think is going to be uh, the young player of the tournament? I'll go first on this one. I'm going to go uh, uh, Jamal Musiala. I think he's special, and I think in the summer people will start to see what I see on a weekly basis when he plays with Bayern Munich. What about you? Um, I'll take Bastoni. All right. Um Let's see what, what's what's left. Uh, who will have? Who will be the goalkeeper of the tournament? Oh, uh, do you need some help? I can, I can give you some names if if you can't think of something right now. Um, yeah, that'll help. All right. So Italy has Donnarumma. 
France has um, the, the, the keeper AC Milan just hired, or they have Hugo Lloris. I'm not sure which way to go there. Um, let's see. Belgium has Courtois. Poland has Chesney. Uh, Pickford has uh, – England has Pickford. Um, uh, Rui uh, – what's his name? Um, uh, Rui P- Patricia is with Portugal. Uh, who's the Netherlands keeper? Um, oh, and Germany has Manuel Neuer. I'm going to take Courtois. I also am going to take Courtois. Um, and who will be the player of the tournament? Mbappe. Um, I'm going to go with Kareem Benzema. All right, that's that's our Euro stuff. The 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 Copa America stuff. This will probably only take us about five minutes, um, but we're gonna do it anyway. Um, all right. So the so in in the Copa America there are two groups. Uh, the top, I think, the top two teams of each group advance, and then they kind of go from there. Uh, so Group One is or Group A is Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Paraguay, Uruguay. If you want, you can just say who you who you th- who are the two that you think are gonna advance out of that group. Argentina and Chile. Bold. Um, Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Venezuela. Which two go through? Colombia and Brazil. All right. Oh, sorry. You need a third place team. Uh, so uh, Uruguay, Bolivia, or Paraguay for Group A? Paraguay. Uh, for this, for Group uh, B, Ecuador, Peru, Venezuela. Yeah, which 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 one of those three? Peru. All right. Okay. Uh, first round, Peru versus Chile. Who goes through? Chile. Argentina, Ecuador. Argentina. Colombia, Paraguay. Colombia. And uh, Uruguay, Brazil. Uh, Brazil. All right, semifinal, Chile or Argentina? Argentina. Brazil, Colombia? Colombia. Oh, my God. That's really bold. All right, third place team between Brazil and Chile. Who gets third? Who gets the bronze? Out of who and who again? Brazil and Chile. Chile. You think you – whoa, all right. I like it. All right. Uh, Colombia or Argentina, who wins the Copa America? Argentina. All right. You have Argentina getting first, Colombia getting second, and Chile getting third. I still think you're crazy, but that's all right. Uh, for me, okay, I'm going to have Argentina. I'm going to have Uruguay, Argentina, sorry. Uruguay, Argentina, Uruguay, Chile, and I'm going to have Brazil, Colombia. No, I'll stay with Peru. Peru. Um, I got I got Uruguay over Peru. I got Argentina over Ecuador. I have um, Colombia over Chile. Brazil over Bolivia. Uh, Argentina over Uruguay. Brazil over Colombia. And uh, third place, I have Uruguay. And I think Brazil. Um, they this is the rematch of the last Copa America. I think Leo Messi gets his revenge and wins for for Argentina. Boom. All right. <laughs> um. Okay. So to to recap, you and I both have Germany, and bo- sorry, both have France, and both have um, um, Argentina. <laughs> all right, all right. So okay, 
And now we're just going to go into some topics. Um, we're just going to kind of go uh, right through them, and then we'll we'll do the the team of the season, European team of the season at the end. Sound good? Sounds like a plan. All right. So uh, just initial thoughts um, on this one. Um, obviously, you and I both thought Donnarumma was going to be heading for Juventus, although we really didn't want that to happen. <laughs> um, uh, so there's been a lot of reports coming in over the last uh, couple hours. And it, it seems like he's going to be closing in um, to, to a deal with PSG. Um, he's going to be earning about $12 million on, on the contract. He's expected to, um, to fly to Paris tomorrow and complete his deal um, just before the, the Euros start. Uh, and then he'll meet up with his teammates. Um, the plan is, though, that uh, Navas will still be there, at least for next season. Although I think there's a possibility that someone could go get him now that Donnarumma's there, and he's requested to keep his number 99 jersey. So it's basically a done deal. Um, PSG and Donnarumma, uh, what, what, what are your initial thoughts on the deal for, for him personally and for just the deal for itself? Uh, for him, I think this is a great uh, move for him just to like possibly finish off the career that he's already had. Um, I mean, has the deal as a whole, I mean, you already got a lot of great goalkeepers on PSG, but it would be great to have that extra experience to kind of like mentor those younger players. So I kind of like the move in general. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you there. I think, uh, I'm just glad he's not going to Juventus, to be honest. Um, PSG. both? PSG is a, is a good place for him. Um, Navis, I, I, maybe they keep him for another year. He is he's won everything, um, and I think um, he's someone I would still keep around. But I think Donnarumma to PSG makes sense. I think the numbers um, that that or the the financial numbers are, are good for him personally, and I, I just think as a whole PSG will feel comfortable with that. Remember, he's only 20, what, 24 years old, something like that. He's been a starting goalkeeper at AC Milan since he was like 16. Um, he's, been, he's been there a long time. Um, again, a lot of people put down what happened to his agent and, and why they didn't get the deal done. Um, but AC Milan did not want to negotiate a short deal. Um, and uh, John Aruma is now going to go to – he's going to be going to PSG playing with Neymar and Mbappe for free now. So I think uh, it's a pretty uh, – fantastic deal for all parties all right uh so on the psg um thing uh moist keen who was idiotically not picked for the euros i still don't understand that one um so everton i'm, I'm sure you know carl angelotti has left everton meaning there's a vacancy there um this this whole situation between PSG and Moise Keane, I think, will be decided after the Euros, or not after the Euros, but after a new coach is, is hired at Everton to see if if they have any use for him. Um, basically, as it stands right now, they're trying to get another loan deal with a purchase option about $40 million. Um, otherwise, they have to pay up front. Um, so my question is, so I guess two-part question. Uh, do you like that sort of strategy for Moise Keane, or do you think do you think a loan deal is it makes most sense for from PSG's perspective, or do you think they should try to buy him outright? So just just I, give me your thoughts on the whole situation. Um, I think for Moise Keane, I think it would be a better 
like, I'm just going to answer this as a whole thing because it's easier that way. Um, yes, I-, I think for in general, it would be better to be bought outright instead of going for another loan option with then an option to buy when you could already just purchase them from the beginning and finally ha- have them as a permanent fixture on your team. What about from PSG's perspective, from their point of view? Do, 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 you, do you at least understand why they would want to do another loan instead of buying him just to give them, you know, some leeway with making that decision and seeing if, if because we don't know what's going to happen in the transfer market. Maybe PSG are going to buy a big striker in the summer or something and he'll be replaced or, or something like that. But, but do, you, do you kind of get where they're coming from on that point? I could definitely get it, especially if it's like also a financial thing where they're trying to, like, um, spread their money throughout the different transfer windows. So definitely at that point, yes, a loan option with, with an option to buy at the end is definitely good for in that aspect. But if you really are desperate to fully have them on your team, I would just pay the money outright and just get it done. All right. So I understand both perspectives of this. Um but I, I, I think they should try to get him on another loan uh, deal just to, I don't know, just to kind of see, to make sure that, that they're going to be consensus with, with how they want to play this, this situation. And then obviously um, they're going to try to keep Mbappe this summer. Next summer they might sell. So they got to know for sure if Moise King is up for the, for the, jab, for the challenge. Um, but I think Moise King would like a permanent move. Um, but – I think there's just there's just some kinks that need to be figured out before that. I do think he'll probably be on the team next year. Um, otherwise, if he's not a part of the plans, there will be an escape route probably. I don't know where, but there will be some teams interested in him um, and so on and so forth. Um, but from a financial point of view as well, if you could get a loan deal instead of having to pay $40 million, um, that's that's obviously very important for them as well. So I think – I don't know. One way or another, I think he'll end up on PSG. I don't think he's going back to Everton or the Premier League. Um, I think that that experiment didn't work for Everton. It didn't work for Moise Keane. So I think uh, we are where we are with that one. All right. Um, I'm going to try to space these out a little bit because then I'm just going to unleash you with interest crap if I don't (laughs) kind of bounce this around. Um, um, All right. I'm just going to do a short one. That's a small one. Um, and then I can go back just so we can bounce it a little bit. All right. Uh, your man, Ivan Perisic. Um, there is, again, once again, some, some Bundesliga interest in the uh, winger. Um, as it stands, uh, Frankfurt, RB Leipzig, and Hertha Berlin are all interested in, in potentially trying to sign him. Um, considering his age, um, I think he's 31. What would be your asking price, and would you rather keep him or 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 sell or cut bait um, for going into next season? Based on his age, yeah, I would at least take maybe fourteen million for him. Yeah, I think that's no, that's totally fair. Um, um, go go on. But in regards to like, should we keep him or should we sell him? With just a lot of stuff up in the air in regards to some of our players, um, I think it would be just best to keep them at this point 
and just for that extra depth if we need it, since we a lot of big names are be possibly being thrown around to be sold. But I mean, if there, but like I said, if the price was right, I wouldn't mind selling them. But for us, strategically, it would be best to keep them for a depth piece going forward. Gotcha. I think. I think they should sell him, but I think they should wait. They need to make a big sell, a sale of one of their big stars before they make that decision. Um, if if Hakimi is the one to go, um, then maybe you keep him. But if it's if it's a if it's someone who doesn't play his position, then I think you can kind of reconcile it with selling him. Um, but you know, from from that point, I think uh, I think. Ultimately, I think he'll be he'll be sold. Um, so, I, I th but it's hard to say what's really going to happen. There will be, be Bundesliga interest, but there's always Bundesliga interest. And at that at the price that you just set, which I think is pretty realistic, I think a lot so those teams will be willing to pay that. And Inter do need to sell and make some cash. And if they get an offer of like 15, 20 million, I think you take it. I think you hold out for twenty. At least you don't sell him until you get an offer in that range, and if you do, you just you just basically cut bait with it, and then you live with you know what what's going to come after it. All right, um, let's see here. All right, uh, obviously we knew about this, but uh, for a couple of weeks now, um, Sergio Aguero, Manchester City legend, um, Argentina legend, Premier League legend, um, one of the greatest goal scorers of this era and actually of all time in the Premier League um, has, uh, has just signed a deal with Barcelona um, uh, going for, So I think he just signed uh, this week. Uh, what, do, what do you think of the deal um, to, to, to sort of give Barcelona another um, piece, I guess? I think it's a great move um, based on the fact that, uh, besides Lionel Messi, there's really not a lot of decent goal scoring options. So having a proven goal scorer such as Sergio Guerrero with along with Lionel Messi, um, it kind of gives them a little bit more of that attack that has kind of been not seen this past season. Just based because we've seen. This team has always been carried by Lionel Messi, but now having somebody who can keep up pace with him and stuff is definitely a good move. Yeah, I think it's a good move. Um, I do think Griezmann in 2021 has been really good, and I think there there, there will be other players who can contribute in goal scoring at you know those areas. And I think Sergio Aguero is a teammate of Lionel Messi on the national team. They're very they're close family friends and all that stuff. So I think it makes sense. All but although. I do find it funny that Luis Suarez, 33-year-old Luis Suarez last year was told he's not good enough, go away. And now the next summer they're signing someone who's exactly the same age. Um, so, <laughs> so it's just weird because Luis Suarez literally just went to El Sadico and won the title. I mean, but yet Barcelona are making a similar move a year later. So it's it's – I don't know. It's it's just a little weird, but uh, no, I, I agree with most of what you said. I think I think it's a pretty good uh, move. Um, as far as all that, all right. Um, uh, we we we've been talking about this for for the last couple of months, but um, 
Roma are closing in on Andrea Bellotti, uh, a 25 million deal um, closing and uh, close to done, according to Tandriki Palmolari, who is a very well-respected uh, journalist in with BN Sports, and he his his sourcing's pretty spot on. I don't know if it's gonna you know if if it's done or it's close to done, but that's what's being reported. Um, Again, I know we talked about this last week, but just since it's, it's come up more significantly, um, what are your thoughts on, on a move like that for, for my boys? Um, for your boys, it's definitely a great move. Um, we've been discussing Bellotti leaving Torino for quite some time. So, and it, it might, and it this year seems to be that year. Um, so, I mean, it's a great piece to have, especially since he's pretty, pretty much the solo goal scorer at Trino, and you kind of need, need that extra striker. So definitely a great move, and I think the price point is spot on too. Yeah, I think that's fair because, remember, he only has one year left on his deal, um, so people are not going to spend – he shouldn't be. At, he shouldn't be requiring for him to be spending. You know the X amount of money. You know, big thirty, forty million kind of cash for him. Um, I think that. Uh, yeah, this is exactly what Roma wants, and whether Roma uh, thrive or fail next season is going to be largely depending on the striker or wh- who they get on in that position, and and so on and so forth. Um, it does seem close to done, although. Um, uh, Cairo, the owner of Torino, is an absolute twat. Um, so he may try to t- take advantage of Roma, but Roma won't let that happen. But I, I think ultimately they'll be forced to to to, to you know fold the hand because he you can't tell a 27 year old um, striker who's been performing for for the last couple of years to stay on a team that almost got relegated. So I just don't think you can you can you can request or ask him to. Um, to sort of sit sit on the grenade that that is Torino right now. All right. Um, okay. Um, so last week we talked about Hakimi's potentially going to PSG. Um, Inter are asking for eighty million. PSG are um, basically offered sixty. It seems like it's stalled for the time being. Um, what are your thoughts on that and uh, your overall thought process surrounding Hakimi, whether you, ha- you want him or, or you want him to leave or et cetera, et cetera? As we all know, I'm really emotionally attached to my boys. We all know this. So um, my thought process on this is if we have to sell them, I mean, 80 80- – I mean, is a fair price, but I would not be mad at settling for maybe seventy to seventy-five million, um, which is in that close ballpark. Um, obviously, it would suck to lose Akimi. I mean, he's he's just that blast of energy that this club has Inter has desperately needed mm-hmm. in certain points this season, and to lose unless they were able to find a really good replacement for him, it would just be a little bit of a loss, especially since it's hard to find somebody with that explosiveness. But I mean, like I said, if they were offering at least 70 to 75 million, I would, I would be willing to sacrifice him. Um, just because as we all know, answer at least need to sell a hundred million dollars worth of players in order to like make up some of the budget. 
that has been going on within the club, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, the, the problem is somebody has to fall on the grenade. Because if it's not Hakimi, it'll be somebody else. I'll fall um, on the grenade. So, I mean, they're going to have to sell some of these, and it's, it's, it sucks because you're, you're such a great team. But one of your big, the, one of the big ones ha- is going to have to be sold, or because you're not going to get eighty million or hundred million worth of worth of, worth of cash by selling Brozovic and um, you know, you know, just just the the the, the players that are less valuable. Brozovic, Perisic, Ashley Young, all those. You know what I mean? So as far as all that, it's going to be hard for them to sort of. They need to. They need to sell someone. Um, all right, so on the – speaking of players that are, uh, you know, that need to be sold, um, um, Liverpool are targeting Nicola Barella. I know you hate that sentence. Um, what, so, first of all, what, what are your thoughts on the situation? And do you feel like it's, it's, just, it's just smoke? Or do you think there's a little fire with, with, uh, with this uh, – because it's okay if you don't believe it because there's some of these rumors that I don't, I don't believe either. So, uh, but what was your general, genuine feeling about j- just the rumor itself? I think the rumor is, I think, in my opinion, just smoke at the moment unless I see more of a credible source such as Fabrizio Romano um, or somebody – of that stature who's kind of really in the know. Um, so for me right now, it's just a bunch of smoke. And if it does happen, I'm going to bust a line from one of the earliest episodes of the Cannon Snakes in the Olympico. Hands off the merchandise. In um, fairness, that episode you were talking about an Italian team. In this case, it wouldn't be. And But but does this, does this rumor... Um, scare you a little bit because yes. the thing with Barella, if you don't sell him this year, I'm not saying he's going to be sold. He could stay for the next five years, but every summer somebody's going to be poking around the corner, ready to take out of their checkbook and cash in. And, you know, Liverpool didn't have the best season, went through injuries, still made the champions league. Jurgen Klopp is still there. Mohamed Salah is still there. Sadio Mane is still there. Allison Beckers is still there. Virgil van Dijk is coming back. So I don't think this is going to happen, but if there's a legitimate offer being made, Barella, considering it depends on what's happening at Inter at the time, but it's something that I think all people would would consider considering who's who's you know chomping chomping up the the, the, the value. But uh, but how, like on on sort of a panic meter, where how panicky are you, or is or is this you just kind of a little worried about it? Um. Not, I mean, we've been hearing rumors such as this for, like, quite a while. I mean, I'm not that worried yet, but it's definitely hitting my radar. Now, since it's continuing to be a little bit more persistent, has the years progressed with him in Inter? Um, so, but if I start seeing more of a credible source start to pull post things like this, then I am de- genuinely going to be worried. All right. Thinking, speaking of things that you, you might be worried about. Um, oh, crap. <laughs> Lotaro Martinez has been identified by Diego Simeone uh, and the boys at Atletico. Um, 
in a potential deal. Um, this one, I don't know. This one seems to have more fire, more fire than smoke. But you know, it's still highly possible that he won't leave. But considering Inter needs to cash in on somebody, what are your thoughts on the potential of um, of so two parts here? What's your thoughts on the on the situation with him and potentially Atletico Madrid as an option? There's no offer been made, but they are interested. And in this situation, would you try to would you try to um, arrange a swap, or would you just take straight up cash for um, for him in in hypothetical situation since you need the money? I am generally now worried about this. Um, obviously, this one. Is definitely concerning since Larturo and Lukaku have built that really strong partnership, and it would be hard to find somebody who would gel really well with Lukaku um, up top. Because I mean, we have Alexis Sanchez, who, in my opinion, has really like underachieved. In my opinion, although that he's had decent moments. Um, so that if we were to lose somebody such as um, Martinez, it would genuinely scare me. Um, but I mean, in regards to the second portion of the question, if a offer was made, I would want at least maybe a swap deal, or if things allowed, I would say just since we have to make up that cash anyway, I would probably accept the cash just to start making up that deficit. Yeah, you would You would need three digits, though. It's like, he's like 20, what, 23 years old. He's coming out two really good seasons. Um, so I think you'd get 100. <laughs> I'll be honest, though. If I was in charge of this, I would see if, um, again, you may have to, you know, if, if something – there might be have to do a lot for this to happen, but I would see if they'd be willing to put Felix in the swap. I, I'm not saying they'd do it. Um, Ooh, that'd but, be a good deal. But I would see, because, you know, everyone has a price, ultimately, pretty much. There are players who really don't have a price like Messi, but, but generally speaking, everyone has that price that they can meet. I, what I would do, actually, is I would offer Skriniar and Lataro plus cash, or, or you, you know, I don't know how it would work, but, but you need to sell, you need to get some profit. So maybe you can get, you can get them to, to offer that deal with cash and you could get some of the cash back and then you could, you could swing that either selling Perisic or Hakimi and make up the cash. I'm not saying they do it. I don't know if they, I, I'm pro- they probably wouldn't, but you could, you could try to tempt them with something. Because if you talk about someone who could come in and, and just dominate immediately, I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Felix and, and Lukaku would work well. Plus, you would have a, another player that, uh, that, that thrives, again, you know, with Felix. He's in a defensive system, can't really thrive the same way. In an attacking system, he, he sets the world on fire. Um, so, I don't know. Just an interesting thing. Um, I do think of all of them, this, this is something that I could see happening, not with Felix necessarily, but with Flotaro getting sold. So as far as all the players that are, are currently being linked or suggested, if you were to – and I, I know this is going to be a heartbreaking question, but if you were to pick a player to sell 
among the key ones. So don't give me no Brozovic or nothing like that. I'm talking DeVry. I'm talking Lukaku. I'm talking Martinez. I'm talking Barella. The fat and Hakimi. The fact of the matter is one of them has to go because there's no other way they're going to make up the cash. So among the key players that are, that could leave, if you were to if you were to say this is my preference to sell this guy over the rest, who who would that be and why? If they were able to replace them or replace him, Martinez, or I would sell Hakimi. So it's between those two. Yep. All right, that's fair enough. Um, all right. Uh, on the Hakimi thing, assuming that he's sold or Paris is sold or somebody is sold, enter our link with Nicolas Tagafilico uh, from, from Ajax. Um, he is described as a lung busting, with lung busting stamina, excellent technique, and continuous enterprise. He has often been. Um, uh, compared to uh, Inter's uh, Javier Pastore. No, oh my God, it's going to say Pastore. Uh, oh Javier's- my gosh, I'm offended. <laughs> uh, sorry. Javier um, um, Zanetti, they, all, they, they also played for the same uh, uh, club in Argentina. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on him? Obviously, this would be a left back or you could play him in a wing back role like you do with Hakimi. Um, if Hakimi is sold, I think this is this is the the big target. Well, what are your thoughts of the prospect of of him coming in? I was actually rolling some beautiful beam footage earlier on some of what he can do. From what I was saw, I was very impressed, and it would definitely be a good option if Inter sell Hakimi. So I wouldn't be mad. Especially since you would you could play him in the left wing back position or a defensive left back, so that he has some versatility in the back line along with in the attacking midfield. Um, and he's really good with from what I've seen. He's good with assisting. He's able to read where his teammates are and get the ball to them. And when he's on the defensive. Um, aspect he knows how to mark his man and really stay on top of him so I wouldn't be mad at this this, uh, prospect yeah I think um, obviously he's not going to have he's not going to put up numbers Akimi did because he's he's more of a hybrid rather than a a basically versatile attacking minded um, whatever you want wing back because he kind of plays both roles um, but I think this would be a great deal. I, I've been wanting Roma to sign him for the last three years. So this this is a really, really good player. As far as price, I think he probably it probably costs you about 20, 25 to 30 million. Um, but if you sell Hakimi and you balance the books with a 60 or whatever, you can buy him because because once you sell, you're gonna buy some players, but then you can sell players that may go cheaper, but you get closer to the balancing the books. I don't know if it's possible with them to completely balance it, but they can they can put themselves in a position where they won't go over they won't it won't mark as red. You know what I mean? Um, right. so I I think that would be a really good um deal for 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 enter. All right. Um uh, so do you have any more interest stuff? Yeah, I got one more thing. All right. Uh, so uh, this is probably not a massive deal, but but Lucien Ag- Agam- Agamo, 
um, is um, it, it's been reported that he's that Inter will offer him a new contract. Um, as if uh, give if he so, how do you feel about him him uh, signing a new deal? And under this uh, situation, would you would you sign? Would you you would you extend him, loan him for another year, and then come back in next year, or would you would you implement him in the team going into this season? Because you just don't want to see this, the the PMOT situation where he plays like five games all season. Um, so a- after he signs this deal, what would what would be your approach? And and as far as how you feel about him uh, potentially resigning, it's not done yet, but it's just being reported. Okay, this is a question I've got to ask to kind of like really get more context. Yeah. With with Simeone and Zaghi, does he favor also playing a lot of younger players to kind of? get them uh, situated in the first team and, like, willing to work with them to, like, get them into a routine starting 11 situation? Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember. This season he did play a bit of, of um, Andreas Pereira, who they got from Man United on loan. I think he's early 20s. Um, when uh, Joaquim uh, Carrera came to – um, I came to um, Lazio from Sevilla. He was quite young, and he got he got pretty good game time under him. Um, he's not he's not a coach that necessarily has played a lot of young players, but he's not been opposed to it. So it's not like somebody because there are obviously there's there's certain managers who would rather not play young type of players. I don't think he would be somebody who who would would not do it. But I, I, I think it's a little unclear, but he has paid, played young players in the past, if that makes sense. Oh, okay, just based on that, I would, if since he's going to sign a possible contract extension, I would probably like to see him implemented into the team in some way, just because we're going to need as much depth as possible and start really relying on some of our younger play- talent to kind of help fill the voids. And obviously they're going to have big shoes to fill if that happens, but it is going to give them that experience in the first team and it will help them gel with the players going forward. So that way, if we do lose a lot of crucial pieces, at least we have talent that could start backing us up for the future. All right. Um, I'm, we're, I'm just going to rush through the last couple, and then we can go into the, the European team of the season. All right, so for um, uh, as far as another Roma thing here, uh, they're targeting a goalkeeper, Rui, uh, Rui Patricia, pa- Patricio. Um, he is Wolves' keeper. Um, before that, he played with Sporting Lisbon. Um, he's been at Wolves for three years. He has 37 clean sheets over those three years. Um, he uh, So Wolves have already identified a – a, 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 the successor, they're going to sign the keeper from Olympiacos. Um, so he would be available for about 10 to 12 million. He is 33 years old, but he doesn't turn 34 until February. And on top of all that, as you know, you know, um, your, your keeper, Houndanovich, is like 65 years old. So, and he's been playing oh, really wow. well the last couple seasons. Not 65, but you get it. He's, he's, he's elderly. He, he's not old, but he's, he's, He's old for 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 being a footballer, but at the same time, he's been able to be per, he's been able to be great in his mid to late thirties for the last couple of seasons. 
Um, so based on all that from Roma's perspective, and this could get done for about 12 million, maybe 10. Um, he wants to leave. Wolves are not going to be able to hold on to him. And the only team really interested right now is Roma. Um, how, how does this land for you as far as Roma uh, finding a goalkeeper? I mean, the age obviously is just a number, but you 37 clean sheets is huge. So this would definitely be a great addition for Roma. Even though he's older, he has that experience and continues to um, execute at a high level. So I would not be bad at that. Yeah, I think it's a great deal. I mean, we've seen Buffon operate on a high level in late age, um, Handanovic and others, but he's not that old. 33 for a goalkeeper is not bad at all. Um, and 37 clean sheets is very impressive considering he played for Wolves. He wasn't playing for Man City or Man United or Chelsea or, or one of the teams that, historically speaking, would would get more. Um, he, he had 10 this year, which isn't amazing, but it's pretty good for, for Wolverhampton. Um, I think this is a cheap deal. It's the scene, it seems to be, he seems to be keen on it. Mourinho seems to be keen on him. Um, and I would guess that this, this deal gets wrapped up um, over the next week or two. He's, he is, again, like I said before, he is Portugal's starting goalkeeper as well. So, um, yeah, and, and all the Premier League people I've talked to think he's really, really good. So I think that would be a really good deal. All right. Um, um, Hakan Kanalahu uh, from AC Milan potentially going uh, to join uh, Ryan FC, Arsenal, um, on a free oh, transfer if, if, they don't, um, if they don't extend his contract, which he doesn't seem like they're going to do or they haven't agreed on anything. How, would, how, do, you, how do you see that going for, um, for our Arsenal? Do you like that deal or do you think this is not that uh, great deal for them? I think it would be a decent deal. I mean, it's a free transfer, so you're not, really lo- you're not losing money on that. So, I mean, he's a decent player and would kind of be a really good depth piece. Yeah, I think it'd be great, actually. I think he's, his numbers are really good. Um, he's a free kick uh, genius at times. Um, he scored one of the greatest free kicks I've ever seen in the Bundesliga uh, when he was at uh, Hamburg. Um, you know, selfishly, I'd like him to – I'd like to see him come back to the Bundesliga and maybe play for Leverkusen again because they need someone like him. But I think this is a good deal for Arsenal, especially on a free. He's better than most of their players this season. And as you know, Arsenal has just been a, um, a train wreck. And this could be a good, a good signing, especially on a free deal. All right. Um, speaking of Arsenal, um, your captain of Switzerland and Ryan's nemesis, um, Granite Jacka to Roma – uh, this seems to be closing rather qu- rapidly. Um, it would cost Rome, I think, about $21 million. There, There's talks about maybe through putting a swap. But for Mourinho's midfield, how do you, how do you see this? Uh, do you see this as a nice deal for them? Or, or what's your thoughts? I mean, I know that Jose Mourinho will work wonders with him. So, and it would be a really good addition to Roma's midfield, um, especially since... Mourinho and Jaka have had experience with each other, so they know how to gel well. Um, so, long as Jaka is able to gel well with the rest of the team, I think this is a solid move. I think it's a good move as well. He's already come out and said that he thinks Mourinho's a great coach and all this stuff. Um, again, 
people give him a hard time for his Arsenal stuff, but there are, there are those out there who think he's he's been their best midfielder this season, and so on and so forth. They have other issues with him as 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 he would, but but I think this is a very good deal, uh, considering you know, and it, you know, it doesn't really matter because there there have been Premier League players who have come to the to Syria and they've been quoted in saying that they're, they're no good. And a lot of these Premier League players have come to Syria and thrived. Um, so I think he's, he's a, he could be a very uh, good addition uh, to uh, Mourinho's uh, team next season. All right. Uh, okay. Or just a couple more things and then we're going to uh, go into it. Um, obviously, Manuel Acatelli, we know how good he is. Uh, he's being targeted by uh, Chelsea. He is being targeted by Manchester City, and he's being targeted by Juventus. Um, according to reports, Juventus will not get a um, uh, a cheaper deal. They're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, they're just uh, they're basically going to sell him to the best um, team, uh, the best offer, and 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 so on and so forth. Um, what do you think he should do, and who, um, do you think he ends up leaving Italy, or do you think he, there's still a high possibility of him landing in Turin? There could be a possibility of him still staying early, but more than likely he will end up leaving. Um, but who are the clubs interested in him? Right now, Chelsea and um, not Arsenal, Chelsea and Manchester City. I mean, if anything, the best move for him would be Chelsea because they can just reinforce some of the areas that are still kind of lacking in that in their team. Um, because I mean, look at Man City—they're a—they're a loaded team. Whereas Chelsea kind of lacked depth in certain areas, so him joining Chelsea would definitely be a great idea. I think I think it's a home run either way. If it's if it's Chelsea, you put them up there with Conte, and they're going to swallow the midfield. If you go with the City, you have Pep, and then you have Rodri and Fernandinho there. Give them some great depth. I think I think City are the ones who I think will end up in pole position. Juventus is not going to be be given a break, and Sassuolo will try to take some of their players, um, some of their young players, which I I don't think Juventus are going to be keen on, and I don't think. Especially the one from Genoa that got uh, Rovella, who just got there. He's a really good talent, and I just don't think that it's worth giving him up just to get Locatelli. Um, so I do end up. I do think he'll end up in in uh, in England, but we'll just have to wait and see on that one. All right, real quick, uh, Barcelona, another signing, um, Memphis Depay, seventy-eight goals, fifty-five assists in one hundred seventy-eight games. Uh, another, do you see this as another upgrade for, for Barca? Uh, how do you see, what, what are your thoughts on the deal? I mean, it's another great addition to the team to add that depth. Um, overall, hopefully we'll see what happens with this one, but I think it's a decent move. I think so too. Uh, I do believe it's a free transfer as well, which is amazing. Um, Ooh, free, I, free I, transfers. And the I only way to just, shop. I think it's an awesome deal. I think he's really, really good. He didn't. The Man United thing didn't work out, but you know who cares? He's been phenomenal the last couple of years with uh, Olympic Lyon. So, um, thumbs up. Um, Jaden Sancho to Man United. I, I assume this is going to come up again. Um, obviously, the negotiations kind of went sour last year, but uh, now n- new new season. Uh, he's not as he won't be as expensive, even though he's coming off a great year. Um, do, do you think this is this is something that Man United really need, or do you think 
I don't know. I think he's going to end up there. But do you think they, they should overpay or pay, pay what's, what's being asked um, for Jaden Sancho? Uh, because remember, uh, 30 goal contributions three years in a row. Um, do you see this as the missing piece to Man United, maybe taking them to another level? I think definitely it's that missing piece. I mean, when you have somebody who's scoring 30-plus goals over the past three seasons, that is a player that's going to give you that uh, really good attacking ability. Um, so I think if he were to join Manchester United, it would be a great move. Yeah, home run, slam dunk. Full court buzzer beater. I think if you could get him for eighty, I think that's phenomenal. Uh, you know, great, great player. Um, English plays for the national team. Um, has has got the the Bundesliga experience and has been phenomenal. I think this would be a, an absolute slam dunk. I don't think it necessarily means that Maynard are now going to go win the title um, or something like that. But I think it'd make them a whole lot better. Um, and this is exactly what Manchester United need at the moment. All right, um, our. Our favorite um, um, English team, Aston Villa, just pulled off a, a deal um, for Amidi uh, Bundia, who was playing for Norwich City last season. Um, he had 15 goals, 17 assists in all competitions in the championship. Um, this could be something interesting for Villa. With him there, um, obviously beating Arsenal for the, to the punch for $30 million. Um, with him there, do you think Villa could potentially push for, for a European spot next season, assuming Ab- they keep Jack Grealish? Absolutely. If they're able to keep Jack Grealish and you implement this guy into the team, they could definitely make a push because area, while they have Jack Grealish, it's pretty much a lot of your midfielders who are also doing a lot of their goal scoring. There's really not much in the attack, but if you add him to the equation, it's just going to give them that extra push that they need to possibly push for a European spot next season. Yeah, I, I'm actually really excited about this. The po- this the possibility of Villa getting into Champions League is probably not going to happen. We just know that. But Europa League for Villa would be amazing. Um, you, you add a guy who had, had a whole bunch of goals, a whole bunch of assists, really good creator, can score. Um, again, the, uh, Jack Grealish will be – the t- teams will be fighting for him all summer. But if, they're, if they manage to keep him and implement him, I think it's perfect. If Jack Grealish goes, I still think Velo could do enough to finish in the top ten or maybe even the top eight. Um, but if they keep Jack Grealish on this team, I think they can make European football next season. That's a big if. But I'm just, I'm you know, I'm just, I'm just holding out hope that they can do something. All right, um, that's it. Thank you for listening. See you guys later. Peace.